0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Digital Noir Presents, a podcast loosely based around life in a digital studio. I'm your host, Sam. And on today's episode, we've got a few guests. We've got a couple of guys from my barbecue team, Caleb and Tristan, secondhand smoke. And they dropped in with Dougal McFuzzlebutt from McFuzzlebutt's Mansion. He runs a couple of local barbecue competitions and is heavily involved in the Adelaide food scene. Um, So we had a chat with him alongside Nikki and Pretty Chris. Pretty Chris. Enjoy, guys. Google McFuzzlewit, how are you doing, mate? Hey, yeah, good day. Eh? Sweet, awesome to have you. Thanks. We have a chat today about the Adelaide food scene and, and barbecue. We've got a, bit of a few barbecue aficionados in the
1: house. We've been chatting about beer already. Experts. And drinking beer. And drinking beer. Can't talk about beer without drinking beer. Well, what do you got in your hand there? It's not South Australian, so I don't know if I should be mentioning it. <laughs> yeah, we're not sponsored by them either. No. <laughs> we're, we're looking
0: for a beer sponsor at the moment. You mentioned this one yes we have cooper's uh, session ale. the finest tropical ale known to man
1: with hints of coconut cream and oil yeah and...
0: <laughs> so um cool dougal uh, tell us a little bit about uh up in smoke and what's happening this year with the with the barbecue festival
1: sure so up in smoke is uh adelaide's original barbecue uh, fest- uh, festival competition um, So it started three years ago now, so this will be our third year, and uh, it's grown every year. So we started with 23 teams the first year and uh, grew it to 38 last year and we'll be up at 45 this year. So it uh, used to be all about low and slow, and uh, so that was uh, where the Australasian Barbecue Alliance um, sanctioned us for the low and slow part, but this year we're actually introducing um the steak cook-off association from texas um that's kind of more about the hot and fast portion of it so uh aba we've got five categories so that'll be uh, chicken lamb pork pork ribs and beef and then uh, in the sca we've got three categories and that's burger hot dog and steak
0: sweet so i obviously know a fair bit about the the barbecue Maybe interesting, like chatting to people that don't know so much about, you know, what is low and slow and what's a barbecue competition? Why are people doing barbecue competition in the first place? Like, I know I talk to people and they're like, what? You know, <laughs> competitive barbecue team? What are you doing? Yeah. Cook, cook sausages and chops. Yeah, that's, yeah it's just the <laughs> sausages. <up> <laughs> yeah, it's, like yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's... bunnings
1: on steroids. <laughs> um, yeah, it, look, it is. It's kind of strange because, uh, you know, when people ask me what I do, for a living, and I say I run barbecue competitions. They look look at me with a blank stare and just think no, I'm a lazy sod that uh, lives on the dole. But um, no, this is obviously only one portion of my business. But sure. uh, uh, the low and slow side is exactly what it is. So it's low heat and slow cooking times. And there's uh, other guys around this table that can uh, lead into that a lot more. Uh, obviously, being competitors. Um, and uh, I'll let you probably chat about that, maybe, guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it's one of those strange things. Like, you, when, when people talk about it, yeah, like, nobody really understands no. exactly what you mean. Like, when you, when you do it, it, it makes a lot of sense. But, it's, I don't know, it's like, it seems to be sweeping the nation, wouldn't you say, Sam? Like, it seems to be sweeping the nation. Like, it's like, <laughs> no. I mean, like, I'm a butcher, so it's like, I, I see more and more people coming in, into my shop and, like, uh, yeah it's just like they're all, they're always asking about like you know different cuts and how to cook them and it's something it's like it's it's something that like we're we're really priding ourselves on that's you
1: know probably know. one of the key points is the cuts of meat that you use yeah uh, you yeah. know they are, I suppose what we used to call secondary cuts which yeah. are now the price of primary cuts yeah, um, yeah absolutely
2: it's it's crazy like it's you know but like the difference of quality though that's the thing you know like you, you want like a like still, you know, you want to spend a bit of money on like a nice piece of, you know, like a nice piece of pork shoulder or a nice piece of brisket. You know, you want to, you get better results than something that, you know, might cost you half the price.
1: And with those cuts of meat, you'll find that it's generally not as tender as what you'd get out of a steak that's a Scotch fillet or something like that. Oh, so no. you know, you're, you're slow your low and slow comes into it from I suppose the necessity of having to cook it. Um, for longer periods to break down yeah, yeah, exactly. um, the muscle right. tissue and yeah
2: exactly get get like a better better sort of finished result out of a, a product that might you know if you if you threw it on on the barbecue for 20 minutes it would be awful but you know like you, you might as well think, eat you, your boots exactly <laughs> you break it down and then it becomes like something amazing you know
0: let's maybe run through like what what an actual comp looks like because that sure. I suppose flows back into what you're actually having to organize which is a pretty mean feat really with 44 teams and a whole lot of logistics to kind of put together to make the thing run smoothly um so i mean do you want to run through like what, what what's involved in a comp in terms oh, of like, from a team's perspective
2: yeah yeah well i mean it's it's like i, I think the biggest part the setup really isn't it like, yeah organization mm-hmm. yeah, maybe start like from like, yeah from like the day before yeah a week before it starts months, months before <laughs> 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 like we're sort of already yeah we're, like we've got our eyes on up in smoke like so you know we're well, like we're we're running a practice this weekend. You know, going to go through some some different stuff and just like you know, get, yeah. It's like it's it's a long process for something that sort of finishes with like, you know, you have basically like a well, like a ten minute window for each hand in, and you know, you, yeah, it's like weeks and weeks of the leading up. So, so let's
0: run through it. So you have got five categories, yeah. So you've got well, is there six categories? No, five, five, is five this year, so four
1: Chicken, lamb, pork, pork ribs, and beef. Oh, okay, okay, so, so seafood's, is, not seafood's not in there. Seafood's not in there uh No, i took seafood out. Oh, good. You need to oh. check your event guide for that oh. update. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, yeah, we're, we were we were doing out For that, we had this like amazing idea. I'm kind of happy it. about that. Yeah, I can, tell. <laughs> I can
1: tell. White bait's a bit hard to do, honestly. So. <laughs> I won't say what
0: I was going to do. No, nah, I was that. just well, saying. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah. We'll um, that. So you've got yeah five five categories, um and basically on the day you go in, rock in at. uh if you're doing SCA at 6 a.m., but if you're doing a, like like you have like 9 a.m., time, basically like... go go and set up. And it's, it's like going camping for, for a week for 24 hours, basically, isn't it? Like we've got...
2: With more barbecues. With more barbecues. <laughs>
0: Two marquees, a bunch of trestle tables, obviously all our eskies, um, you know, all the knives, all the meat. So the meat,
2: that's like the most important thing.
0: <laughs> go to basic... And the moon chairs. The moon chairs. It's all it's all the, the all and then important. the ones you
2: can sleep into, the reclining chairs. But
0: we really need to be set up and comfortable to like, Commercially cook really for yeah. for twenty four hours, um, so it's a bit of a setup just getting that done, um, and yeah. then and at, fitting it all into a five by five space. Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: So, so it's, yeah, we're not like we're not massively spread out. I suppose <laughs> like, so like the, the picture in people's head is like you know you're like yeah you've got trailers and so it's, it's like, like a super tight space, but yeah, yeah exactly. So smaller than it's, this.
0: Oh, yeah, smaller than this room probably. This, yeah, yeah, so
2: and we yeah, probably we're cut small. off on the table there. So. And we spend, yeah, what, 24 hours together, like, arguing, you know, like, just yeah. sleep in that tiny space as well? We do. Well, we try, <laughs> yeah. It's easy It's those power do.
3: naps, that's why they practice yeah. on you. Yeah, exactly, oh, it's, no, it's, it's, it's cool You practice, take, like, shifts, you know? so you, like, you switch between, like, switch between. Yeah, well, that's kind of so what we to do, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, the sure.
2: master plan, it doesn't always come to fruition. <laughs> Justin tends to sleep the most, he just, he just finds a way. I, I need my beauty sleep.
0: Yeah, you've got to wake up from it you need well. a bit more, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, a,
2: like a two to three hour buffer window.
0: So then five o'clock, basically, judge comes around, checks that all your meats, you know, hasn't been pre-marinated or, you know, it hasn't been doctored in any way. You've got all your safety gear. Um, so basically then you start cooking. So from 5 p.m. until 10 o'clock the next morning, um, your first hand in, so it might nine be... Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Yep. So it'll be... Uh, What's, what's the hand in order? Chicken, pork, pork, chicken, pork ribs. Uh, chicken, lamb, pork, pork ribs, beef. Cool. So you've basically got an hour in between each time you've got to hand it in. So you've got to time the cooks for each of those cuts. Mm. So that come 9 o'clock, hand in, 10 o'clock hand in, 11 o'clock Some of these cuts
1: of meat can take 12 to 14 or, 8 or so hours. So it's not a matter of just drinking up until midnight and then starting to cook. You know, it's, uh, it's basically as soon as the cooking window opens at 6 p.m., um. Bang. You're on.
3: What
2: and um? What kind
3: of machines do you guys? Or what kind of barbecues do you guys use? So
2: we we primarily use Weber's. Really, I'd say. But yep. I mean, Sam's got the Jagged, which Good. which we sort of Jagged
0: as well. Nick designed the website for the Jagged. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. So
2: which <laughs> which is a fantastic barbecue and it's like, but we it's it's tricky because it's very big and heavy. Like heavy. It's it's not the Webers are great because you can just like. Basically, throw them in the back of your
3: car. Do you guys take your own barbecues? Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so everybody yeah. takes their own barbecues.
0: You bring everything basically. Like it's yeah. literally a patch of dirt, and you got to come like bring yeah. everything in. How many
2: barbies do you usually have fit in there? In our like in our, yeah, like in our setup, yeah, yeah. we we'll take five. Yeah, five, we usually right. have
0: three Weber Smoky Mountains and a kettle and a two, jagged two kettles.
2: Yeah, and yeah,
3: sometimes a jagged.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. I think we did. Well, we do Creekside. We did.
0: Three WSM's. No, it was... Two WSM's. Two WSM's. Kettle. Kettle and the Jagged. And the GA. Yeah, you can't leave out the GA. That was pretty
2: good, actually. Like, I think that was probably enough. Like, I think... Five or six. We probably tend to overcompensate. Like, we bring more than we we need. That's That's right.
0: These guys are used to that. Yeah. But... uh, I think that uh, some people bring like a big offset smoker or like a trailer smoker. Some so
1: of them have got them actually Special built as a truck <laughs> as well. So
2: awesome. <laughs> they just kind of roll up and have everything they need. To...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, some teams take out two spaces to be able to fit these trucks or trailers in. Um, you know, some of these fit outs are worth, you know, in excess of twenty five, thirty grand as well. So yeah, wow. it's not a cheap sport, and let's call it a sport for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, and you know this isn't about gas where you fire it up and keep it at a constant temperature it's about you know always monitoring and maintaining the heat um through the fuel which is generally charcoal or it is charcoal yeah. um which yeah, is a good time to give my sponsor a plug clean heat charcoal. <laughs> yeah,
2: no that's probably a good point though, dude. like people don't realize that if like you said it's charcoal it's like that completely changes the the dynamics of it because you you know especially like when the weather changes you know like it gets colder it gets windier it makes it harder to use those like any any barbecue you know really i think you
1: hit it on the nose there with wind i mean what was it two years ago we had 120k winds and A torrential downpour yeah, um last long. year was yeah. forecast for 100k winds um, this year uh, I've put an order in, but I don't know what's going to happen now. we'll so <laughs> wait and see. Might Keep, be on back order, keeps it interesting. It know? kept us yeah. on our toes. Yeah, the first yeah, year nice. was uh, intense people were holding their marquees down. Um, obviously, Work Safe SA and the, the showgrounds have jumped in and made sure now that everyone has to have leg weights. So. I don't
0: think anybody's actually blew away though, did they? The first um, year,
1: unlike mm,
2: Meat Meat,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: No, I think, they, yeah, I think they got pretty close, yeah, but,
0: but not was... like not like Meat Meat, where there's a yeah, couple were, of broken marques. So Dangerous though, and,
3: like this
2: marquee is flying around with
3: like barbecues going up everywhere. Yeah, yeah, so that, yeah. I
2: guess open, open flame. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah, the chain of the rules with the leg weights and that sort of stuff yeah. is to try yeah. and minimise like people getting injured. <laughs> <the> I suppose, <laughs> like, you know, we're supposed to be having a good time.
0: I suppose that's like some of the logistical stuff in terms of organising it. It's a bunch of people coming coming in, bringing their own stuff, fire and
1: Beer I think one and, of the biggest logistical nightmares as we've found out especially last year was when teams all arrive at one time and you know that that's 45 teams of four people um you know it's uh, it's a lot of hard yakka trying to get everyone in the right spot and fit in and uh, in and out with big trailers and trucks and set up and ready on time so yeah look it is it's 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 fun i'm very lucky i'm a virgo who's little attentive and and <laughs> uh, has it all planned out in my head so um but no look it is it's it's good fun i love it and um you know being part of the barbecue um community i think it's massive and it is growing you know that south aussie barbecue page that uh is up and running was at nearly four thousand members now and that's had to be kind of stopped a bit to, to make sure it's all policed and um, it's great, uh, but it's, lots of information yeah. on there. Definitely seems to be taking off.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, it's like it's it's good. It's it's satisfying when you like when you like said so like when people come through the shop like yeah sure. And you like, oh, you know, I want to try this out. And it's like it's like, yeah, cool.
1: Like, Are you cool. noticing the increase?
0: Some people yeah, ask absolutely. for
2: absolutely. Are
1: they asking you as well for information on how to actually cook it? Because I think that's one of the biggest issues is a lot of people go, oh, yeah, I've heard about this. I can cook a piece of brisket or I can, you know, cook, cook Boston butt slash pork shoulder. And they take it home, they completely screw it and then go, oh, well, this is nothing like what I thought. So.
2: Yeah, well, I think, like, it's really important for us to, like, to, to give as much information as we can because like you know we, we want people to come back to the shop and not go oh you know i bought this piece of meat and it was rubbish it's probably their fault you know so like if i can give them as much information as i can about cooking it it's like it's only going to benefit you know the shop and like our industry because like that's that's the biggest thing that people say i find like in like in butchering is just that you know, they're not sure about a certain cut, and you know, like they've done it before and they don't know how to cook it, you know, I don't don't know how to cook a steak or something like that, you know, like, so the more, more feedback you can give them or the feedback you can get from them just helps us really.
1: And you can see based on the availability, I mean, you know, Drake's supermarkets um, now have a massive range of the low and slow style meats and, um, you know, being able to go to your local butcher and having it readily available there and a lot of the bigger um, name brands, whether it's Um, you know from teas with their riverine or you know jack's creek or whatever it's amazing how these cuts that were probably used as pet food or or um you know maybe it was only sold to restaurants and hardly they were using it back then either but now it's so readily available it's fantastic i love it but it has come at a bit of a price for those who used to enjoy buying it really really cheap um it's certainly crept up in price
0: from a butcher's point of view, are they, some of them are just different cuts to what we're used to as Australians, right, as well. So mm-hmm. they're quite specific, kind of like like a full brisket or... A, yeah,
2: well, that's like, you know, Goodwood Quality Meats. Like, we've tried to really bring in that, like, you know, we, we support like barbecuing and low and slow and that sort of stuff, you know. So it's like knowing, yeah, like n- the knowledge of the cuts is important. <laughs> um, yeah, so... That wasn't me. <laughs>
0: got aliens escaping, you know, like
2: yeah, like it, every 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 single piece of meat has like a, you know, it's, it's, it's good for it's good for certain things and it's not good for other things. Sure, you know? like so you, you need to you need to like yeah, hone in on those things and and if you can educate like the customers to that as well, you know, they can come in and go, oh, I tried this and it worked really well, or, I tried this and it didn't work so good. You know, it's like all you know, you know it's like that's the feedback. Like you know, you want to know how it went for them i'm sure like it works the same with you sure think you know things that work you know for you for some customers don't work for others you know
0: yep definitely i think and you can't do one thing for every customer exactly exactly yeah cool so um tell us a bit more about how you got into food so obviously just running barbecue comps and everything you do pretty involved in a whole lot of south australian kind of uh culinary scene really and 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 photography as well so yeah
1: yeah. um so it was about just over six years ago now i um took a voluntary redundancy from a big corporate and uh went traveling for a while tasting food around uh, various southeast asian areas and came back and the job market was pretty bad at that time for a um, you know, marketing manager and went, well, crap, what do I do? And my friends kind of pushed me into um, the food industry merely because of my passion more than anything and my love of cooking food. At, uh, um, and and obviously the passion for South Australia was already there. Um, so it was really the the key thing for me. was about promoting the small producers and, and coming out of that corporate environment where you're just a number. I wanted it to be about, you know, giving... A voice and and opportunities to people who maybe didn't know how to take good photographs and back then you know social media um was kind of hitting its mark and yeah. uh but people were kind of promoting their businesses with really bad photos um coming from a background where my dad was a professional photographer for 50 years yeah, cool. i grew up with a camera in my hand so that was my first option then obviously the marketing background uh, my sales background um so I kind of just focused on uh, my key skill sets from from my uh, previous life and um, brought that into the industry, um, did a bit of wrapping with craft beer, uh, hence why my love of craft beer and hatred for commercial beer. Um, and yeah, really just developed it from there, do a fair bit of MC work, recipe design, um, obviously event management, marketing, consulting um working with chefs restaurants food producers uh breweries wineries distilleries you name it as long as they're south australian and they're yeah worth it working seems with.
0: like a good time to have got into the industry like obviously we've always had a really good food and wine industry mm. locally but the last six seven years it's kind of really blossomed it seems
1: it has yeah look it's um it's an amazing uh part of my life and i just love it i still don't feel like i'm working um, and I still wake up and pinch myself and, and just love it. I, I, Yeah, I look forward to every day. It's a new challenge. It's a new opportunity. It's new people. It's new flavours. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I just absolutely love what's happening in this state of South Australia. I think we get bagged a lot from the eastern seaboard. Um, but we have so much to offer, absolutely do you reckon we're still often. getting
0: back is that is that still a thing i, I feel like people are kind I of i think a
3: little bit
1: still yeah. heaps of victorians especially oh, it's, and and sydneyites who uh hope no one in here is from new south wales because i think they're a bunch of fucking snobs <laughs> um we've
2: just been getting slapped on for too long I think yeah, that's the thing yeah. I, it's, like, I, it's, a, it's a jealousy thing i think as well i
0: think it's like, so yeah I, I don't i mean i know people from interstate that are coming here and going oh shit
1: like I didn't realise but I think before they come here the problem is they're actually saying oh Adelaide why would you want to go there and we've had that quite a bit over the social media feeds not only from the Up in Smoke page but also from McFuzzlebutt's mansion I see comments on the Adelaide Beer and Barbecue Festival page where people are saying oh this looks amazing oh wait a minute it's in Adelaide sure so you know there's still that whole mindset that adelaide's a boring little country town where we you know put people in barrels and and
0: (laughs) it's it's not a bad thing we slept onto a point i think because i think once people do come here they they kind of they They see it and they appreciate it yeah that's Mm -hmm. right
1: we want them to leave because we don't want them buying all our houses here and wine there's (laughs) places
0: like like ki or the peninsula where they're sort of trying to really push tourism at the moment which is good and and potentially
1: bad as well like you know you don't want it to become rottenest Island or... Correct, yeah. And that's always going to be... I mean, look, we've got 18 different wine regions across the state. I mean, yeah. it's huge. And, you know, five of those are within a half an hour's drive from the city. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're just so lucky with what we've got in our own backyard. Being that more condensed city um, where we kind of travel north and south rather than north, south, east and west. Um, the hills are obviously where the majority of all of that wine grows in so many different terroirs and um, and environments and, and, you know, it gives the ability to grow so many different types of grapes, but also food and, you know, whether it's uh, sheep and cattle kind of further up north or even down south in the Coorong, you know, it's a beautiful seafood in some of the cleanest waters down near Kangaroo Island there and across near Port Lincoln. I mean, we've just got, we've got everything that you want when it comes to food except for bananas and I don't like them anyhow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's all really accessible. You know, it's it's all an hour and a half from the city and you've got this abundance of, you know, awesome
1: food and wine. It is. And incredible restaurants to back that up. I mean, you know, we have got um, just absolutely stunning restaurants, whether it's, you know, uh, the upper echelon of Penfolds or Orana and and Windy Point and the likes to, you know, other restaurants that uh, are... I suppose, lower price point, but still smashing out amazing food. afro you know, for for guys who love their barbecue, I mean, Duncan Welgamode's one of the best barbecues in restaurant seen out there, um, but different style. It's not so much your typical American-style low and slow. It's your, your um, South African. Then um, you've got uh, old mates down at Sneaky Pickle there smashing out some incredible awesome American-style barbecue, which gives me a point to plug in the... The uh, full of a barbecue yeah, lunch sweet. that's happening on the seventeenth of June as well. So, you know, fifty bucks uh, ahead for four courses of American style, long slow. It's uh, anybody can play get a along for that. Yeah, absolutely. Tickets are on sale at the moment via Eventbrite. Um, yeah, we've got uh, probably about forty tickets left, so should cool. be a good day. Um, yeah, what be day? what day is it? It's a Sunday, so oh, yeah. pretty good Sunday sesh. Starting from twelve p.m. So you can kick on, still be home in plenty of time, to have a few hydrolights and get back on your bike next morning. (laughs) Perfect.
0: And we've got another comp coming up later in the
1: year? We do. So, yeah, silly me. Got uh, into a few drinks one night and made a bit of a promise to a few people that there'd be a second competition. So, man of my word. Um... That's all up and running now, so that's actually going to be out at uh, Provenance Barossa, which is out at the Sorry. old Penfold site. Well, Penfolds still operate from there, um, just uh, before you get to, um, or just out, just before you get to Newry, um on the main strip there. So uh, first drop wines are the crew that I've teamed up with and and Tarrack Industries, who do a lot of the um, uh, the purification of grapes to pull out the um, pure spirit. Yeah, okay. Um, and, uh, and then we've got Stein's Tap House. We've got um, Brosser Gin and, uh, um, was it Bean Addiction out there as well? So coming together, we're going to try and create a really good festival atmosphere. Can't say too much until it's all um, done and dusted with what we're actually going to offer, but it is going to be a community event, so you're not going to have to pay to get in. Um, But we're hoping that, you know, lots of teams will get on board. Um, Good time of the year because we're back into daylight savings, which means that hopefully the weather will be a bit better and a bit warmer. Um, You know, we're hopefully not going to be competing with high winds out there, but it's wine country as well. So going from a beer festival into a, a wine... You know, some of the best wine in uh, the world. It's, um, you know, I think just a different mix. People can come over for the weekend, tap on a couple of extra days, and stay in the Brosser and get around and visit the wineries. Yeah, and, definitely. And once again, some incredible restaurants out there like Hentley Farm, Fermentation, um, you know, St. Hugo. Keep going. It's, I mean, you can yeah, spend a whole spot. month out there and still not see everything.
0: So that set-up will be. Uh Sort of like it will be a public event, but not so public event. They can just come through and sort of check it yep. out for
1: free. No, no ticket fees to get in the gate. Yeah, um, it's just walk in. You know, we'll be selling food there. We're looking at having a gala dinner. Um, so a lot of this stuff will come up. So that's called Fat Drip. Um So we've got Facebook and Insta up and running. So jump on there and and check out Fat Drip Barbecue Competition. More sweet. and more details will be coming out very very soon once I get through the, the madness of up in smoke. Um, and the other competition I've got up in a couple of weeks is Bootleg Barbecue. Yep. So I don't know where I, why I keep coming up with new competitions. but um, So Bootleg Barbecue is at uh, Little Bang Brewing Company and that's on the 24th of June and that's all about uh, amateur barbecue. So this is something where I suppose stemming from the South Aussie barbecue page on Facebook... Um, There's a lot of amateur backyarders out there who don't want to, I suppose, jump into the the bigger national competitions. Um, They don't feel they're quite ready for it. So this is a great way that you can't have competed in any previous ABA competition before. Um, So you have to be pure 100% backyarder. Seven teams of three people competing in pork ribs, lamb shoulder and steak um so we've got drake's uh supermarkets g fresh and uh clean heat charcoal helping us out with that one so just once out again the, out Drake's the, out, South the, out the front of the brewery though out the front so people can go inside um they can buy beer all day and uh, got a, old mates once again from sneaky pickle uh down there catering so it's not just about uh, a competition it's about eating low and slow barbecue and uh, drinking some craft beer. And um, I think we might even have Crackle and Pop Records down there yeah, spinning sorry. some vinyl and, and selling it. So, yeah, it's going to be a bit more of a, um, once again, community day, come down, just drink, eat, be merry, have fun.
2: I feel like if, if, like, we'd been given the opportunity to do something like that. That would have been sweet. That would have been awesome. Because, like, the, the prospect of actually entering, like, a proper ABA content, like competition can be, like, daunting, I think. Mm. So even like like in our like like apprentice competitions like they're very like you go you go straight into the deep end and there's like a second or third year apprentice you know like it can be really confronting so like i like yeah i encourage that sort of stuff like the competitive kind of friendly atmosphere i think yeah, it's sure. like a really good way to like you know, bring, bring people into it exactly bring people important. into it and get people into the whole spirit of the thing and make friends and like yeah, I, I, guess, think, I think if anything, like some yeah. more
0: of those kind of just casual kind of comps. Like yeah, I, know, exactly, I know they yeah. do the, like the ham cook-off down at Goor every year. Yeah, and, yeah. it's like um, awesome.
2: And that's been going for ages. Yeah. Like, people love it, you know. it's
1: like Well, it's a great way to learn as well. I mean, you know, the uh, a lot of these bigger competitions, it's hard to get in amongst the teams because they're so busy. But, you know, I know that um, this is going to be a lot of long slow barbecuers at the um, bootleg barbecue. Yeah. Comp. So yeah, exactly. it's a great yeah. chance to come down and speak to people who are just eating and drinking on the day and and talking a lot of shit. But I hope learn you a It's a well. nice barbecue as well. I mean, the thing that we found when we're cooking is that when the when the
0: public come through, that is that is when I eat barbecue. They're like, yeah. you know, right. yeah, <laughs> it's a time to <laughs> that, eat barbecue. That's why I
2: like that whole feed the crowd kind of thing. Yeah. Like, did you see that over the weekend? No. Yeah. So I didn't really. I was just following like the Weber Kettle Club. Okay. But. Or
0: what, what were they saying, like.
2: Or just like it looked like the people there that were kind of getting to try the barbecue were loving it, you know. Like sure. It's like that sort of aspect where you can actually have people come in and try the food. You know, like that's what people want to see. You know? That's going to draw more people in,
0: you know. Well, what's the goal in terms of, obviously, like you've got to have like a, a commercial food license or whatever it is to be able to, to do that. But if you if, we, if it was like a casual thing that was, you know, in Botanic Park or whatever... And it wasn't like a, an organised event, you know, sort of more of a casual thing. Could you get away with it then? Just having basically people rock up and eat? I think it'd probably be more of a
1: at-your-own-risk yeah, way. At obviously, own risk. Yeah, running yeah, sure. an event like this, no, you've got sure. public Appreciate liability that. you need to worry yeah. about and people getting sick. I mean, there's nothing to ever say, pinpoint where that's come from. So yeah, it, it does make totally it very hard. But, them. I mean, if people are there and, and it's all at-your-own-risk kind of thing.
2: Um, it, yeah, it wouldn't be the sort of thing that like, you'd have to sign like a waiver or anything for it, though, would it, or it would just...
1: You no just that might it be part of your conditions of entry
2: yeah okay so I mean I, I suppose that would make like, more sense wouldn't it
1: just make people sign on the,
2: on the
0: gate well, yeah, it's become, just even it is becoming a lot harder you, these you, you
2: buy a ticket or something and it costs you 10 bucks yeah. and it's like you know you get to eat your lunch for free you know what I mean it's it's probably not a bad deal really yeah, yeah sure, it's entry. good Yeah.
0: have you been down to Lowen's Low and Slow at the port? Um, no I haven't actually not, you haven't been to Sneaky Pickle either?
3: no, no. Oh, really? really? no
2: mate yeah.
3: get yourself down there yeah. where's
2: where's I that been exactly to I, I've been to Snake Pickle many times because it's like right, right, Is that, near, right mm. near Goodwood Quality
0: Maids Low and Snow's like in the port like on like Main Street whatever near the near the port
1: markets
3: yeah yeah, yeah yeah pretty much oh, yeah
1: okay alright
3: All right. All right. No.
1: Hmm. Yep. so they're really the I only two in Adelaide that are doing Low so and there's another one at Victor I yeah, haven't heard yeah. much more about that but I mean it's a long way to travel unless you're already down there yeah I heard when they set up but I haven't heard much since no so tough, good. Tough it's a pretty tough business to kind of run. Yeah, look, it is. I mean, as you guys would know, I mean, even um, at a restaurant, you need someone to maintain that heat source. I mean, yep. these pellet makers, I'm not exactly a fan. I think they churn oh, yeah, through yeah. so many bits of rabbit food. But, um, you know, yeah. if you're going to do it properly, uh, it, it's hard to keep it stoked. And how do you, you know, run a restaurant when you're starting your meat kind of the night before it? Eight o'clock during your big service, ready for the next day. So it's hard enough running a restaurant when you're cooking sort of, you know, a a la
0: carte and and you've got, you know, so much stock that you've got in the fridge. But if you're cooking up huge slabs of expensive meat and people don't come, then Mm. I
2: I think the key with like the barbecue restaurants that are successful, like obviously, you know, there's not, not a huge scene in. Australia, like, well you know, in Adelaide, but yeah. you know, like the places in Texas, like they literally, it's like it's about making people come to them. Yeah, yep. you know, I mean, like you have that sort of service period. You know, a lot of them they do run like all day. Yeah, but I think the ones that are really popular it's all about sort of drawing the crowd in the right and time that's where
1: sneaky picket do, do it well and it's yeah, just yeah. dinner service you know I yeah, exactly and so people fantastic. know that and yeah. it's like it's that keeping, it, keeping that it kind down, of time frame know. short yeah we went through um
0: like california and oregon over christmas but and there was heaps more barbecue joints than i than i thought we went through a few but they're very much just like takeout joints and yeah like lunch joints mostly yeah it's like um, and sell out like, and it's done like,
2: well maybe even though they're just reheating it and yeah sort of i stuff, think so you know? yeah like it's not like fresh off to barbecue, kind of thing. Definitely. Well, there was that
1: story a couple of weeks ago, Black Bear over in um, Sydney, and I mean, they've got lineups, you know. Yeah, they're good yeah. Almost K down the road, kind yeah. of thing. It's uh, insane.
2: Because people like like the word's built, and people know what they're going to get, like, mm. and they're happy to wait for it because they know that it's going to be an awesome product you know. and the flavour
1: you're going to get from you know something that's lightly kissed with smoke compared to something that's been pan fried or mm. you know it's it's just a whole different flavour profile and it it's just amazing how it marries up so well with meat especially your bigger fattier meats as well I think it just yeah I love it goes well with beer goes well with wine mm. goes well with bourbon I'm a happy man. Yeah,
0: There's so much you can do with it as well. I think like you know there's obviously the the kind of barbecue plate but uh, you know it's interesting doing like tacos as or well. yeah like yeah. All, you know pies and all whole, whole yeah. all sorts of stuff you can kind of match it with. That's it.
1: You know, cryovac cry it, throw it in the freezer, bring it back out, make yeah. some burgers for breakfast. It's pretty good. So your your dad was a commercial photographer? He was. Well, mainly um wedding portraiture okay. um but uh yeah, did um did uh commercial photography for quite a while as well and
0: growing up some cool cameras around the house very cool cameras i've
1: actually still got one of his beautiful old hazelblads oh wow um i made him promise to me that he'd uh, keep that for me because i just think they're they're a stunning camera and yeah yeah beautiful cameras yeah it was nice nice time in my life having all that camera gear and a studio that I could kind of set up, and Did you have a dark room at home, or it? Yep, dark room. Oh, really? Oh, wow, the whole still set up. Got That's the, crazy. Uh, it's amazing. So you know, he printed for nine other photographers. Wow. As well as being out doing weddings every weekend, and um, so you know, he was he was flat out. And back then, it wasn't digital where you could just hold your finger down Not on sure. the camera and bang, I'll just choose the best ones. You had to. You had to really know your shit and, you know, understand aperture and, yeah. uh, you know, and light and um, the light source and where it was coming from and how to set people. Because, you know, these days it's all candid and, you know, yeah. anyone with a bloody iPhone thinks they're a photographer. <laughs> it gives me the shit. Yeah. No,
0: I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big difference really understanding light to start with. But then, mm. yeah, like composition and, 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 and thinking... You know you don't have that immediate response of okay, I can take fifty shots and one of them will turn out, and I can always edit it quickly. So exactly you know,
1: you where you know he he had to look for people that blinked, and he just had this amazing eye where he could yeah, pick right. out of a group of twenty people, mm. someone blinked, and he'd take the shot again. Um, yeah, because sure. with film you don't want to stand there and just hold down the the button because mm. you can end up with a bucket load of rolls of film that's cost you a shitload of money so yeah hundred percent yeah it's it's interesting that's why I only do food a it doesn't talk back and <laughs> b I get to eat it afterwards <laughs> so no it's good it's good fun yeah. so you've always been into photography then that's obviously. Yeah, apparently I took my first photo at the age of four years old in the back of the old Bongo van in those days, the <laughs> old Master Bongo, um, set up my teddy bears and, and took a photo on, um, I think it was a blad back then, it was either a blad or a Nikon, so okay. I've tried to make him find this photo and he's obviously kept all the negatives over the years and years and years, but he still hasn't found oh, it. I all. can't find it too bad oh it's gonna i'd I'd really want that photo but yeah
0: so so coming from you know having that photography background and then being in marketing how what did you feel about instagram when it first sort of launched were you like straight into instagram or no
1: it took me a little while i think you know because back then i was still in the corporate world and but Then as soon as I moved into this style of work, um, you know, Instagram and food, uh, you know, Facebook really started slowing down then. It kind of became the retiree's way of communicating um, more than anything. And um, the algorithms just became too hard to grow. Um, Where Instagram, you know, photos tell a story. And I think that's the one thing, you know, the the catchphrase on my website is you eat with your eyes. And, you know, I believe that with anything you do uh, with food, you know, you eat with your eyes before you do with your mouth and i mean think of the amount of times that you're in a a a restaurant and a waiter or waitress walks past and they've got a plate of food and you go holy crap what's that or the person next to you gets their food first and you get food envy so you know you do eat with your eyes before you do with your mouth and um i think that's where photos really help tell a story but Um, On the other side of that, if you're taking really bad photos in bad light under fluorescent light or, you know, it can make the food look totally off colour and all of a sudden, you know, people aren't going to want to eat your food if it looks like shit.
0: There's a real art to food photography. Like, obviously, cooking beautiful food and and then arranging it. But, I mean, we, you know, we, we try and run our instagram account but like by the time you finish cooking and you've got something like actually arranging it and you know (laughs) doing that styling and you know it's kind of and then processing processing it and and then posting it it's
1: it's a long uh really long process so i mean generally kind of i'll cook i'll try and cook most nights and um then by the time i take the photo and then eat when it's still partially warm and then um Process the photos and then put them up. You know, oh, it's it's kind of a two-hour plus process. Is that something that you
0: plan out? Like you're like you know, looking through your Instagram account, you've obviously got you know beautiful food pretty much for every post. Is that something Mm -hmm. you're thinking? Right tonight, I'm going to do you know a flank steak, and I'm going to. Is it just going to no? I just
1: get. I wake up in the middle of the night most times and just come up with crazy menu ideas, and (laughs) um, or you know, one of the big things I do is look in the fridge or freezer and see what we've already got, and. Um, create um, recipes out of that. So I do a bit of work with Oz Harvest to help rescue food. And I think that's where that's come from is I've always loved that whole idea of, um, you know, not wasting food. And there is so much food that goes to waste. So, you know, it's amazing. Just look in your fridge and have a look at some ingredients and you can come up with so many different ideas. And it does. It helps you become more creative. Mm -hmm. You know, people see cooking as a chore, but it should be a way to relax it's, it's my therapy fun. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: that's something we've talked about with barbecue a lot is the is the oh, waste oh the waste kills me honestly. Yeah. yeah like
2: you just see guys throwing away food and it's
1: like even just the parsley that
2: yeah,
0: you sure. get presented
1: yeah exactly. it's like yeah but start using you know fake lawn well, it's it's funny <laughs> We said
0: that we had a comp, uh, practice last week and i've got some curly parsley growing but i would have cut it all off just to do probably two boxes and it's going like massive waste fee, you know yeah. is, 6 months fun. worth of parsley growing two boxes it's insane, mm.
2: and that's part of the problem with like what we we're talking about with actually feeding the people at the competitions. Is like you yeah. can't give that away because it's you know like you said like public liability and that sort of stuff. So it's probably trying to find a bit more of a happy medium between those two things.
0: Yeah, rather than instead sort of a fridge overloaded full of oh no, no just like
2: just seeing like yeah, like I said, like just how much food gets thrown away by people because they just can't.
1: And you can't just you know concentrate on cooking. One piece of meat at a competition, either because yeah, exactly. it has to be perfect, yeah, and it's like, what's, you can't go back after twelve hours and go, "Oh, let's start again," because yeah. you know I accidentally dropped it on the ground. You have to, yeah, yeah. it's kind you of have insane for how yeah. much some people cook, though. Like, we've seen mm.
2: Yeah, some people and cooking that, that's like, it. Like we were shocked. Like yeah, know, we're, we were. were. You know, we're seeing people cooking like three whole briskets, which is like you know twenty kilos of meat. Yeah, and to and like six slices. Four hundred
0: dollars worth of five hundred dollars worth yeah. of meat.
2: So, but like, I mean, that's just you know, that. That probably is part of the. Yeah, the dedication for, for some people to do well, you know, because they you know they want to get the best they can out of a product. But it actually, almost,
3: yeah. yeah, I actually cooked a lamb um, over the weekend. We helped my dad cook the lamb. Yeah, like a, uh, it was it was a, I don't, I, it was just a big chunk of lamb that we had in the freezer. It's been there for a year.
2: <laughs> time to time to use yeah.
3: it. Yeah. And we yeah we we ha- we we roasted in the oven, and it was it was horrible. <laughs> 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 it was like rubber. Oh, yeah. really? How <laughs> long did you cook it for? Like,
2: do you think that's like it was just a, like it had been in the freezer too long? Or yeah. Or you cooked it too long? Uh, or could not cooked long enough? Probably, yeah, a bit of,
3: probably, both. Yeah, yeah, a bit of yeah. both, I would say, yeah. And that's yeah. the thing
1: to be careful of when you freeze because, I mean, generally when you buy stuff from um, a supermarket, it comes just in a plastic wrap on a mm. tray yeah. where if you cry back it, it does stop it from actually getting freezer burn as well. Yeah. Um, so it does help... Um, I suppose, keep that meat a bit longer. And okay, I know right. that a lot of butchers use those practices these days because oh, it just retains the... Uh, yeah.
2: I mean, we'd, we'd be lost without, like, vacuum sealing. I mean, mm. that's probably, like, like save the industry in a way. Like, that, I think that came in, like, in the 80s, you yeah. know.
1: Like, longer shelf life even out of the freezer, but it's just amazing, you know, how it can change... Um, the way meat is once it's been in the freezer mm-hmm. not having it vacuum sealed yeah
2: um,
3: Yo, this this was like a like a freshly killed lamb that we bought last year and then, yeah right um, yeah we like brought it home we chopped it up and we put it into bags but it wasn't like vacuum sealed it was just like normal
2: was it, plastic bags like, did you, was it cut up like not long after it was killed um yeah yeah, yeah. So that that can be like problematic too like, oh really you do need to actually there is a certain point of time where animals need to hang uh, okay sure sure and and
1: chill Mm -hmm. just hang and chill Mm. well
2: that's it it's it's a weird it's a weird concept but like it's yeah like you need you need to basically like I mean that's where like dry aging comes in I mean that's like that's a whole like that's a long explanation to go into but like those those kind of cuts like you know, you, you need to. Like, oh, I was
0: showing Nick some of the dry engine the other day. Yeah, okay. like yeah. it's.
2: Yeah, I mean th- that's that's the whole point of it, yeah. like you know, like all the meat that we buy, and like it all comes in on the carcass. We hang it mm. for like a minimum of at least a week. Okay.
3: Did you all hang it beef. in like in, in like a special room or? Cool room? no, just like just in
2: the cool room. But like, oh, okay, yeah. if you process like something too quickly, mm-hmm. like you actually cut it up too quickly after it's been killed, yeah, it, like it won't be any good. Oh, okay. Like, if you cook it straight away, yeah. Um, And even just like little things, like if the animal's stressed, like if it's if it like yeah, there's there's lots of variables. This is a lot of things
1: that people don't get to, I suppose, understand when they're buying off the shelf at these, you know, big corporate bloody supermarkets. Absolutely. um, You know, it's something that they don't know where it's come from, how it's been cared for, how it's been reared, how it's been fed, Mm -hmm. how it's been slaughtered, how it's been transported, how it's been stored. Now, there's so many different factors that go into good meat versus bad meat. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's like the joke I always like to make, you know, when, when a customer comes in and says, "Oh, I cooked something like that, you know, it was just tough." And I said, "Oh, yeah, it was a bad animal. Like it just, you know, like it lived a bad life. So <laughs> it was never going to cook up well." You no. know, it's like sometimes you just don't know. They're like there's just too many variables. But, you know, you, you source good quality, you source like locally, like that sort of stuff, like that all that all adds up, you know. you, you like you know where it's coming from. And you and you know how it's processed. Like it makes a big difference, you know. Very big, and that's and that's why it's important to support like local businesses, and yeah. like local, local farmers, local industries, you know, because that's like that's the backbone of our industry.
0: Correct, and that and that's why you pay extra at a restaurant that or is is it supporting local farmers, yeah, and it, you know, exactly. is sourcing that stuff locally yeah. and 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 paying top dollar for it, or, or going to a local butcher. Mm. Well, you know, same with beer as well. Beer's crazy how expensive
1: yeah. it is to produce. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And the taxes so, that yeah, go that on I'll top say, of it. That's, that's what people are saying, saying. like, oh, why is yeah. the alcohol so expensive? Yeah. It's like it's, it's not it's just because it's made by hipsters. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the. It's because
2: it's the, yeah the taxes the government impose
1: on that. or yeah. just because they want to pay off their hex debts <laughs> quicker. <laughs> <laughs>
3: which um, Which meat do you find the hardest to cook?
2: I'd say brisket. brisket. Honestly, <laughs> like we we all like lock eyes, and you know what I'm saying, But like we've like we've struggled with brisket continuously. Yeah. I don't know why. And it, like it is like traditionally like one of the harder competition cuts to cook. Okay. Because it takes a long time, and it's mm-hmm. just yeah. Some people just seem to have a knack with it.
3: Yeah.
0: Know? It's a big piece of meat and this. You know, yeah, two it's, two separate it's very muscles
2: daunting. on there, and yeah, it's like okay. it's you got to cut it. Mm. Like the right way with the grain, the grain changes. Okay. And yeah, it's like it's mm. a lot of work. In All right. There.
3: Personally, for me, because I'm like I'm obviously not an experienced like meat cooker. But I always find like lamb hardest. It's like it always kind of smells funky when I cook it for some reason. Okay. Yeah, I just think that's lamb. She will say
2: that, but I reckon it's just like lamb. Just it's just has a like lamb. A different Depends of on the
1: cut of the meat as well. I yeah. mean, you yeah, know, absolutely. your cutlets versus your shoulders versus the ribs or the shanks. I mean, you know, once again, this is where the whole difference between low and slow and quick and fast, mm. uh, hot and fast um come into it is understanding what those cuts are and you know the the makeup of um, muscle tissue versus fat um versus meat and um and then you know how that breaks down over either a quick time or or, or longer time as well so yeah it is it's um and then how to cook it whether it's you know uh, low and slow in a smoker or whether it's in an oven or whether it's in a pot and you're poaching it or uh, or braising it and, you know, there's so many different ways and techniques and it just all takes time and I think people shouldn't ever give up after trying it once. Um, you know, even the best chefs make mistakes. Yeah, they won't tell you that. No, no. It's they'll they'll it's kill me for telling you that. <laughs> it's
2: practice, isn't it? It's like, it's like anything. It's just... You know, you, you can't just do, do something, cook it once and go, oh, you yeah, know, that wasn't very good. Oh, I'm just never going to try that again.
0: And and there's so many variables. So you've got the, yeah. you've, you've you got go, the oh, meat, yeah. you've got the temperature, Mate, yeah. you've got the flavours, you've got, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's oh, very work, hard you know, to replicate something.
2: Work out what, what you think was wrong with it and then and then do it differently the next time.
0: What kind of lamb do you cook?
1: Like chops or leg or? Um, shoulder, I think, usually.
3: Okay. Yeah, with a
2: slow-cooked shoulder. Yeah, yeah shoulders can be kind of yeah. tricky, like, yeah. I think.
1: They can dry out very quick as well Mm. with lamb. So, you know, it can be the fact that maybe you're keeping it uncovered for too long. Mm. You know, you want to do it quick for an hour and then wrap it in foil for another two hours and then unwrap it for the last hour. But do it on a lower temperature of, you know, maybe 130, 140, Mm -hmm. um, where maybe you've got it up too high, sitting it up too high on the heat. So... Um, but it could be about having a water bath underneath it if you're doing the oven, so it retains right, some moisture right. as yeah. well. Okay. So there's a lot of different factors, mm. and uh, I don't know, maybe you'll have to invite us around and we'll give you <laughs> yeah. some well, tips. Well, yeah. see we can give you some tips. We'll just okay. bring our okay. own food with us so we don't have to. <laughs> <eat our food. laughs> like,
2: shoulder's one of those things you always say to people, like, yeah, cook it a long and slow. But mm-hmm. then, I mean, we sell like trays and trays and trays of four-quarter chops mm-hmm. every day. And, like, I love four-quarter You, four quarter you chops. take it home, and mm-hmm. you come to the barbecue. So sometimes it's the application yeah. too, you know, like it's like obviously they're not going to be as tender as a fillet steak when you cook them on a the barbecue but like, you get a real nice flavour and like alright okay you know it's just like yeah, a, yeah.
0: and I think obviously we do you know, smoked shoulders but braised shoulders are beautiful yeah
2: exactly mm-hmm. and, well, and then four quarter chops are awesome like in a stew or yeah, a yeah, casserole totally. as well so it's like it just depends how you want to do it you know mm.
0: Now, if you go into Nick's house, you get like the best Thai food you've ever had. So it's, 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 it's a it's a good trade off. <laughs> 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 Thai yeah. for barbecue is, yeah, yeah. is, a, is a very. Solid I was going to say that's like <laughs> yeah.
2: that sounds pretty good. Maybe that.
3: I can <laughs> only <laughs> eat barbecue six nights a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, uh, you know I'm um, growing up in Thailand. Like food there is really fast. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. obviously it's like a very bizarre concept for me. Like you know when I'm I first very came fresh here as yeah. Well. Yeah. to cook. Yeah, yeah. You know like 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 the pork neck. Like what's the pork neck called with like nam there.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. It's popular, it's popular.
3: yeah, that's popular yeah. That's like amazing and that, That's yeah. kind of a low and slow cut But you, but you if, just sort of if it's, grill yeah, it fast yeah, If it's grilled, yeah.
2: properly like hot and fast mm. It's de- like it's a delicious cut isn't it? Yeah Yeah, yeah like marinated properly and, and like you know Realistically we like We don't have time to cook barbecue every night Like mm. we need to cook quick meals mm-hmm. So like you need to have that balance
1: yeah. Yeah. Or have some barbecue in the freezer from last time Yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly Sous <Super laughs> vide bring yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Get it get it ready
1: but. So what are you cooking tonight? steaks tonight yeah. got you coming over obviously so nice. got a couple of nice um, tri-tips that uh, That's I did actually sous vide these because it's I, I had a Ooh, I love. massive <laughs> yeah. so we got some nice uh, um, Jamaican jerk tri-tip yeah, then cool. I've got some I'm going to do some hot links so these are some little bang beer hot links um, oh, okay. Who makes and those? Uh, they were from my butcher interesting yeah, so interesting that interesting. was for another event i did uh, yeah. back in on australia day i think it was
2: uh, are they like a fresh sausage or a smoked sausage
1: uh, i'm gonna smoke them so they're like you buy they're them fresh, fresh. Yeah. yeah yeah cool yeah so these I mean, were customs
2: like we've been doing the hotlings for a while with the like we use the throwback yep and We but we smoke them so they're like a pre-cooked sausage it works really good like oh they're amazing yeah, yeah. These cheese brisket, mate, you can't go wrong.
1: Are these uh, Luke's famous snags, or
2: well, no, no, that's that's a yeah. It's it's funny, like we were talking about that the other day. Like he gets,
0: he, he gets, gets all the glory <laughs> <laughs> because it,
2: you know it was the team, and we Watch actually. Yeah. Sorry, no, no, but we like it was the teams. Yeah, like the shop, you know, the shop. We did the Mexican sausages; they were modified for the competition. Yeah, we should maybe we should do a. Um, we should do another in the hot dog another, no no I say we should do another evening or We'll get Luke in here we can talk about the sausage
0: Caleb and Luke also went over to Ireland for the World Butchers Championships in uh, in March oh really yeah, yeah competing, so competing for was, Australia uh, so oh, Wow. Australia,
2: Australia got the world's best gourmet sausage which was oh, the egg oh, <laughs> wow, crazy! which is a little bit different from the hot but it's yeah. the same kind of principle
0: oh, that's pretty crazy like massive massive event how many yeah. people like it was...
2: well there was 12 countries like we like mm. Australia went up against Italy, Germany, France—like renowned for sausage matching, mm. basically invented the sausage. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> even, I mean, even like England as well. Yeah. And yeah, so like um, Australia got world's best gourmet. That's amazing. World's best pork oh, sausage. Oh. So pork truffle. We'll and put us on the map. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's been amazing. Like like it's it's a really good point of sale. You know, like we've been promoting it, and people are like loving it. And it's good to just like tell stories about like the mm. competition, and it's it's an amazing thing like for butchery, you know, mm-hmm. getting together and just meeting people But yeah, like we should, we should do a thing. And we yeah, should no. We'll get Luke and we'll talk about it because we've, we've probably got some good stories.
1: Mm. Bring some food
0: in Bounce
2: at the same time. Bounce off each other, you know.
1: What we should have done tonight is bought some, bought some food.
0: Yeah, we, we should
3: have. We should ask Christo what kind of sausage he likes.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet.
3: Um, Alright,
0: so, um, I, I mean, you don't have to go into this if you don't want but i Pretty inspirational story that you've been through in the last... I mean, I think I, the last time I saw you was at Cellador Fest and that was kind of you know, that the, was the, him, yeah. the night before, the day before, yeah. you sort of...
1: Yeah, well, that was just after the first um, operation, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know,
1: was that three months? No, just under. So, just under. Um, was it 10 weeks this week? It's, uh, um,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's just looking from afar. Like, it's incredible sort of, you know, going through that life experience and then coming out and being, you know one, on the mend, and, and two, so positive about it all. It's it's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, look, I think you have to be and you know, I, I didn't know what I was up for when I was going into it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was pretty intense time, and, uh, you know, having the world's best nurse by my side... Um, awesome. ...has been amazing, and, you know, Lizzie is, is just fantastic, and I think that's a big part is the support around you um, gets you through it, and, um, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether I was going to lose... You know, half my tongue, all my tongue, all my taste buds, you know, my job, my career. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it's it, it's full on. But yeah, I I'm now the probably one of the only evil midgets with a, a hairy tattooed <laughs> tongue. Um but um, you know, the the people that um you know, were around me, the surgeons and, and friends and family, it's just been absolutely amazing. It's uh you know, I can't take all the credits, the people that have helped me out through, mm. the, through that period. So, um, yeah, look, it's, um, they just told me uh, that basically I wouldn't be able to eat steak until I was drinking wine. So I went bugger it. I'll drink wine the day after I got out of hospital and I went, now I can eat steak. <laughs> but, no, it, it was a bit longer than that. It was three weeks after my operation. Though, That's still amazing. That's
3: incredible. What happened? Sorry.
1: Uh, so I had um, tongue cancer. Oh, wow. So I was pretty full on, pretty big news, yeah. um, hit home pretty hard after eight years of being misdiagnosed, um, okay. so and being told it was an ulcer, and oh. yeah, just, I suppose my whole career flashed before me, oh, and wow. that was what Jeez. I cared about the most, and uh-huh. I, I don't think it was anything about my, my welfare, um, uh-huh. you know, when your number's up, your number's up, uh-huh. but, um, you know, I was just worried about losing my taste buds, yeah. but... So I don't have taste buds on the left-hand side of my tongue, so mm-hmm. I eat shit food on that side oh. <laughs> um, and uh, eat all the good food on the right-hand side. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, oh,
0: that's
3: So they
1: actually took a, a skin graft from, from Douglas' forearm. Yeah. And, like, I put on it on the tongue. tongue. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so crazy. they've taken all the lymph nodes out of the left side of my neck, so yep. that's that big scar there, yeah. and then a big chunk out of my left arm and then skin graft from my leg to put back on my arm. Um, yeah, so it was, it was pretty full on. Oh, wow. Lungs collapsed while I was in ICU um so yeah it was a it was, it was a very traumatic time but um you know the the hospital food was pretty good encouragement to get the fuck out of there <laughs> <laughs> and get better pretty quick as well so um but cooking's been once again i think we said this at the start of the podcast is you know cooking isn't a chore for me it, it's a therapy and you know it's sure. my relaxation it's what i love and you know it when i first came out i had no strength in my left arm and you know i could hardly walk so being able to get up and, you know, start lifting pots with two hands. But, you know, it's at the point now where, you know, that has really helped me get back into it without any other form of physio or um, anything. And, you know, I mean, I can talk with marbles in my mouth underwater, so nothing, (laughs) cutting my tongue out wouldn't have uh, stopped me from talking. Um, I can still give the finger so people know when I'm (laughs) getting (laughs) cray-cray.
0: No mate, yeah. Just looking from afar, it's been uh, it's been pretty amazing. Instead sort of the uh, you know, just going through that life experience, I suppose, and coming out you know, so shining.
1: So yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, yeah. Look, there's a lot of people doing it a lot harder sure. than me, mate. And uh, you know, I I just can't say enough to how how much respect I have for the people that are doing it hard with you know chemo and and radiotherapy and stuff. I'm very bloody lucky, so I don't deserve any credit. You know, they're they're fucking incredible people.
0: All right, well uh on a uh, on a more barbecue note, um so let's let's go into like when these comp dates are. So we've got yeah, sure. we've got the Up and Smoke Fest coming in
1: July. Right, no, so we got uh, oh, we got I'll give you the full plan sure. if you want yeah, it. So sure. we've got um the for the love of barbecue lunch at Sneaky Pickle on the seventeenth of June. Yeah. Sunday the seventeenth of June. The week after that on Sunday the 24th of June is bootleg barbecue at Little Bang Brewery. Um, That's the amateur competition. Um, two weeks after that, we've got uh, up in smoke, which is at the Adelaide Beer and Barbecue Festival at the Showgrounds. Any spots left in that? Or two spots. Two spots. Two spots. I know. We, we do. We do sad. have a spot, right? We do. are
2: We'll see. We'll see what goes to air after this. <laughs> um, Three spots now. Yeah, that's it. So
1: two spots for that, and then. Um, I'm going to have a little break and then come back on the 6th and 7th of October and that's a Fat Drip Barbecue Competition out in the Barossa at uh, Providence Barossa which is, or, and First Drop Wines, obviously. Um, and that's uh, new this year, but that's going to be pretty awesome. As I said, there's some stuff that We'll be announcing over the next couple of months. When I say we, I mean me, because it's just me. (laughs) If any any budding events uh, management or specialists out there want to get a feel for what it's like, give me a yell. I might have a little bit of work for you, but just be ready. I'm a bit of a crazy Virgo control freak who needs shit done now and then. We're looking forward to competing. Oh, 100%.
0: And uh, people want to find you on on
1: Instagram. They can get you at... Uh, yep. So Instagram is at mcfuzzlebutts.mansion or at UIS bar, uh, BBQ Comp, or at Fat Barbecue, or BBQ.
0: Sweet. Oh, well, so thanks so much for coming down. Thanks for coming down, fellas. Thanks. Yeah,
1: you know, cheers, all. Right? Thanks, thanks for the views. Cheers, guys. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Cheers, Time guys. to eat
0: some meat at the mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> all right, Cheers. Catch See you next week. Hey guys, just before we get out of here, I just wanted to say thanks for listening again. Um, I thought I'd drop some of those dates. So the um, Adelaide Beer and Barbecue Festival is the, um, I think, 6th, 7th and 8th of July. Um, And the Up in Smoke competition is running on the 7th and 8th. So come down and check us out. I'll be there with my barbecue team, Secondhand Smoke, uh, Cooking Up a Storm. And there's some awesome people there, some bands. It's a really good couple of days. Um, And if you enjoy the podcast, hit subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from, SoundCloud. Um, And we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on Facebook. Cheers, guys. We'll catch you next week.